Secrets to overcome fear, embrace your gifts, and achieve success. This is the place where real people share real challenges and where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. I am your host, Heather Hansen O'Neill, and we always start with a quote. Today's quote is by Richard Branson. Launching a business is essentially an adventure in problem solving. We have an amazing guest for you, as always. Anthony Amunategi is a the founder of CDO Group, a national commercial construction firm that he started almost 25 years ago with a small group in his basement. Today, CDO Group has worked with some of the largest brands to build an estimated 1 million square feet of retail space per year. Anthony loves diving into conversations about the adventures that shape that journey. So, Anthony, how are you? I am great. Uh, you know, Heather, I'm, I'm grateful to be on your show. Your show is amazing. The work that you do shines light on people, and, and I'm just honored to be, be, to be a guest on your show. So thank you very much for inviting me. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. And uh, very shortly, it's going to be the pleasure of all of our listeners here today. So <laughs> I love, we will get to the adventure part because uh, those listeners who know me well know I am all over a good adventure. But let me go back for a little bit. How about you tell us how you got started in construction? You know, you know, for me, it was, you know, this whole adventure of being an entrepreneur yeah. and maybe you can call me a serial entrepreneur, right? Uh, you know, I've got uh, nine different companies today mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, that all stems back from, uh, you know, it, it. I was invited out to dinner one day, right? So a friend of mine, Lance, he said to me, hey, Anthony, I'm going to invite you out to dinner. And he goes, but you got to bring 50 bucks. And I go, what, what do you mean I got to bring 50 bucks? He goes, you're, you're taking me out to dinner. I got to bring 50 bucks. And he goes, yeah. He goes, you got to bring 50 bucks. And he goes, uh, and we go down, the, we're, it was in the South Florida at the time. And and we go to this hotel, we walk into a room <clears throat> and there are people that are all just too happy. They're just too happy. They're like, they're all they're looking at your face and hi, Anthony, and good to see you. And somebody puts a name tag on me. I'm like, okay, well, okay, what's going on here? And he walks up to a table and he goes, uh, I'm signing him up for this uh, this this course. I'm like, okay, what's the course? He goes, well, give me that 50 bucks. And I gave him the 50 bucks. And he goes, hey, by the way, you owe her $240 more. I go, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. What, what is this I'm signed up for? And he goes, look, it's the landmark form. I go, what, what's the oh, landmark form? Okay. And the mm-hmm. landmark forum was this course. And now yeah, you're going back. This is 35 years ago, right? This is going back. I'm I'm 17 years old. I'm young. I'm, I'm like, what is this whole thing I'm doing? And at the time, the thing that I get the most out of landmark was they, they did a bunch of distinctions. And the distinctions were my story and kind of what is and what my story is about it. And, and one of the ones that was really amazing was um, to really start to look at possibilities, right? Mm-hmm. At the time, I had... I, you know, that whole understanding of what, how to create possibilities in my life and how to, how to really, where, where does that come from? Like living into possibility, like how do I get to be the, the nature of being a you know, creating possibilities in my life. And that was really, if I look back at seeing, uh, you know, kind of the, the, where, where things started right between that and early, you know, a lot of stuff as my family upbringing, it really started there. And if you look at um, those early years as a young entrepreneur, Mm. possibilities were were great and it just that's a distinction knowing that you create possibilities in your life and and then some of the other distinctions and i've done lots of other courses since then and but that was just like one of them you look back and go all right great so so companies like cdo group 
literally started on my on my on my dining room table. It started, it started in my basement in my basement table. And uh, you know, I had worked at the time for multiple companies up to that. I, I was I'd worked for Blockbuster Video, I had worked for a Discovery Zone, I had worked for Boston Market, I had worked for Einstein Bagels, and I realized that there were companies out there buying cows to get milk. Now, what I mean by that is at the time. You know, they rented videos. I, I mean, some of you guys, some of your listeners are listening. They don't even know what a video is. So back then you had like a, a cassette. You put your. your, your I, I remember I, I was there. Anthony. <laughs> we, we remember. Right. Yeah. But like, I, I, told, I told my kids about it. They're like, what, what do you mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I had this machine about? that was on top of my TV that blinked 12 all the time. And I never forgot how to program the, the time on it. But you put a cassette movie in there and, you, and you'd go to a store on a Friday or Saturday night and you'd walk through the aisles and you'd buy videos. You couldn't just buy them online. You had to go to like, you had to go and, and buy them. And and you got early. So you got the, you know, you got the, the first pick. And they're like, Dad, what? And I, yeah, these things are called uh, video uh, VHSs. And uh, so I worked for Blockbuster and Blockbuster wanted to go really, really fast. So they had this army of people who helped them find locations, put together budgets, negotiate leases, hire general contractors, our architects and contractors and permits and do all of that stuff. And they were spending millions and millions of dollars a year just on that team. And that same thing happened when you were, when I worked for Discovery Zone, which was a playground for kids. And the same thing happened when I worked for uh, Boston Market. They were brands who wanted to grow really, really fast. And they brought in this massive group of people to help manage their development. And I realized these guys, their real focus is really about uh, renting videos or selling chicken or, or playgrounds for kids. Why are they in the, why do they have this massive development team? And how could I offer them that same service? Which, which by the way, the problem with working for those companies doing that work was you kind of worked yourself out of a job every, every you know five years, right? Because you go build a company, they stop growing and then all of a sudden you're out of a job. So I realized I wanted to, I loved doing the work. I love traveling the country. I love negotiating deals. And we would do them all over the country, like hundreds of deals a year. But now I figured out how I could do that on an outsourcing basis. Now, 25 years ago, outsourcing was not a thing, right? There, there was no such thing as outsourcing. There was no, like, you know, today it's a very common. Very practice. common yeah, but not then. No, it was like this practice that you had to, you know, you, you were, you were going into the world, you were going into a, a company, you're saying, Hey, we are going to do what your employees do. And I'm going to be like, Hey, am I going to get me, you're taking my job. I'm like, no, no, look at the time, we'll just do your overflow work. Right. And we could show people how they could trust an outside organization to do this work with them. And then slowly it started becoming more and more of a practice. And today, you know, if a company's out there with a full development team inside, it's, it's foolish, right? They should focus on their core value and outsource the parts that are not their core values. Mm -hmm. And today outsourcing has become kind of a, a mantra in, in all business development. So, so that's how CDO really started. And that's one of the companies that, uh, that I run. So uh, that, that's a, a big part of those early starting of, of, of the company. So I love that. So we started a few years ago, way back, right? And let's bring it very recent. So what did you learn last year that you'll be able to use that you think will benefit you most this year? You know, I think the fun part of developing as a leader is that understanding how malleable we are, right? I think that the part of me that notices my inability to continue to change 
right? Where, where I have these, you know, hangups, right? Sometimes I'm great at changing and evolving, right? But start to really understand that who I am in business is a direct reflector of how vulnerable I'm willing to be, mm-hmm. right? That everything that I am in business is really a product of who I am and how I act, mm-hmm. right? That, that every day I have a choice to change and I have a choice to look at the character defects, how I run a company, right? If you look at all a company is, literally all it is, it's always about expanding and organizing. That's all a company is. It's an idea that you started with and how do I expand that idea, right? And then organize. But the problem is between the two, what's between the two of those? What's between expand and organize? Oh, there's a whole lot in the middle there. A whole lot of middle in the middle, right? I mean, excuse me, it can be confusing as hell, right? It can be frustrating. It can be messing things up. It can be just It can literally be between expanding, right? When you you expand into a new place to be in business, right? There's a whole bunch of things that come up. And, you know, every day I'm faced with all the things that happen when you expand, now, the next part is to start to organize those things. But as you go through those, there's things I know, right? There's things I don't know, right? And there's things I don't know that I don't know, right? And in those realms, that fear can check me out, right? It, 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 can, it, it can ultimately take me to places where I, you know, stop wanting to grow, right? And there, there are times when I can get to a place where I, I just don't know how to do it anymore, Um you know, there was a, a great woman the other day. Her name is Carol. She's a, a really good friend of mine. She's older and she has some grandkids. And she says, Anthony, my granddaughter came to me the other day. She was playing in my jewelry box. And she she goes to my jewelry box and she pulls out this clump of necklaces. And she brings it into my, and she, she's like, Grandma, I want I want to play with the necklaces. And she's pulling on them and she can't get them off. And she's like, all right, let's take a second and look at them. And she takes it and she looks at it and she goes, well, I need some help. So she puts it on the table. And she kind of spreads it out on a little towel. And she goes, you know, I need some outside help because I, I can't see it. So she goes over and she looks in her drawer and she pulls out this big magnifying glass. And she takes a magnifying glass and she looks at it and she stares at the necklaces and she notices, she kind of spreads them out a little bit more. She notices that there are, there's one of them that's really easy to take out. So she, she goes in there, she pulls out the easy one. And then she goes to the second one. It's a little bit harder because it was really in there. And it took, that one took some time, mm-hmm. right? And she got the third one and it was, it was hard also. And it had to kind of, kind of get in there. It took a few pulls and a bunch of, but she got that one out. And then she started noticing the fourth and fifth one started to fall apart real easy. Right. Cause once she got through the hard ones, the next one got some momentum, but that's how life is in my business. Yeah. Right? If I look at business every day, it's literally that way. Sometimes I can't see something. I just keep mm-hmm. trying it the old way. Right. And I need to bring someone in like you're like you, right. That can come in and look at my company and go, Hey, Let's just take a second and step back for a second. There's a couple of easy things to change. Here's a couple of easy ones to change, but we're going to have to do some work on these couple other things. And then that, that kind of mentality happens. And so that's today why we bring in consultants that help us yeah. look at the company where I can't, where I don't know, I don't know. I love that's that, just, the I magnifying glass. You know what? I just was realizing um, I used to have that same issue, right? And before getting something that organized my jewelry a little bit better. So when you, I, I'm very familiar with the whole clump of necklaces very much. And I loved what you're talking about. It's so perfect with you know, starting with a couple of easy ones, recognizing the difficulty um, and getting some external perspective. And one of the things that I remembered back from, from doing that myself is that I always had to kind of go to the center 
I always had to go to the center to kind of loosen that up. When you're saying spreading it out, loosening, loosening up the center helps you to be able to see all of those things. And it strikes me that there's this feeling of you have to go to the center, your core, your foundation, your values, and that can help you to move forward um, intentionally, purposefully. And I, I just wanted to add that because I loved your analogy and I sense from the conversation that we had before we came on to record our interview today that that you get that. You come from that place of, of core values, don't you? You know, it, it's absolutely all about me. Right? What, what I mean that, when I say it's all about me, it's all about my, my characteristics, right? My mm -hmm. characteristics. You know, oftentimes I look at myself and this is through lots and lots of growth with others. How do I look at the character defects as a leader, right? And that sounds like a tough word, character defects, right? But what are the things that are working, right? If I, if I was a shopkeeper and I would look at my my shop and look at the things that are good and things that are not good, right? What, if I, what are things people buy? Where where do I put them? How, are, they, are they old dusty cans? Are they Are they outdated? Are they... Are they stuff that people don't want to buy anymore, right? It, it, if I'm not selling something, should I keep it on the shelf? Well, I bought it. I should keep that, right? And it, some of that's the same way with myself, right? Mm -hmm. When I look at myself, oftentimes I imagine it like Santa Claus. Right? You ever look at Santa Claus? He's got that big red bag over his shoulder, mm -hmm. yeah. right? And I, I, I often feel like sometimes in life when I'm weighed down and I carry this big load inside of this big bag of, I call it my big red bag of shame, Right in that bag, there's all kinds of characteristics that didn't don't serve me anymore. Right when I when I look at it and I go, okay, here's here's one. I could open it up and go, okay, here's here's one. This is, oh look at that. You know you 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 know who do you think you are? Your your mother worked at Denny's. You're a little redneck kid from Florida. Who do you think? Well, I could I could I could frame it that way, or I might want to choose to reframe that and go, man, your mother did whatever she had to do including working at Denny's to make you have whatever you have today. She sent you to private schools on a Denny's on three, and she would sew, show zippers in the pants all night long just so you could have that. You came from some fighting blood. Maybe that's an amazing thing. I could look at that rock and go, all right, that's what I don't need to carry anymore. Or maybe when I could look at it and go, maybe I wasn't a great speller. Or maybe I, I what kind of leader can't spell? I look at that and go, huh. today I read a book a week. Right. I've learned to read like it was not something I ever did before. Right. But I do small little increments of, of reading a paragraph a night and then 10 pages. Then I got to, you know, four pages a day and then I get to 10 pages a day. And tonight on average night, I read somewhere 50 to 60 pages a night. And that's really my first form of meditation. People would ask me, Anthony, do you meditate? I'm like, I try to meditate. I sit there like, no, 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 no. But it doesn't really work for me. Like I, I you know, asteroids yeah. go through my brain. I, I have these thoughts that go through them and it's not very friendly, but I found out if I read, I have one thought at a time and that reading has me, keeps me focused. Mm -hmm. And when I read before I go to bed, I sleep a lot better, right? And somehow those thoughts that I get about the book I was just reading, you know, really become kind of insightful. So as I start to look at each of the rocks that I carry in that bag of shame, mm -hmm. right? Some of the characteristics, so, you know, uh, as a young boy who grew up in construction, cussing, is one thing, right? I mean, cussing's like all over construction. It's okay to throw out the F-bomb here or the F-bomb there, but when you're running a corporate environment and you're inside of you know multinational companies, throwing an F-bomb at a table is not appropriate. Mm -hmm. so, so if I want to act like a leader that runs a multi, you know, a hundred million dollar construction company, I have to act in a certain way, 
right? So what are the behaviors I'm acting? What are the characteristics that I live? What are the values and principles I live by that serve me? And what are the ones that don't serve me? And that's all in that bag. And as I open that bag and release it, I start to notice some joy, right? And I also notice the clarity of vision, right? When I start to let go of the guilt, shame, resentments, all the stuff that we carry as human beings that don't serve us, that literally hold me back as a leader, right? Because then I can't, I have no, when I'm, when I'm sitting there mad at those people, right? I, all of a sudden I'm a victim to them, mm-hmm. right? And now I carry, I can't see it because now I'm worried about, the best part about resentment is I, I, I'm drinking the poison expecting them to die. Right, right. And you know what, what you're you know. doing with this bag analogy um, is what I do on a regular basis that looking at becoming aware of our belief systems, right? Mm-hmm. The beliefs that, that generate the choices and the behaviors that define our lives, right? And so listeners, you're you're here like it, it's like there's a different way that you might be able to hear it. Um, I love the 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 rocks and the bag and the all these different ways to show you how important it is to become aware of what's guiding you and to consciously choose which ones to use moving forward. Anthony, you've got some great insights here. I love it. I'm going to, you know, ask you a question that I ask all of my guests and I don't, I don't know where it's going to go, but I have a feeling it's going to be very enlightening. So um, with a show called From Fear to Fire, I always have to ask, so what was a, and we started, you alluded to some of these fears. So what is a a fear or a challenge that you overcame, that you learned from, that you would be able to share with our listeners that they may be able to get something from as well? Mm. You know, I, I don't know that we ever let go of fear completely. No. You know, I, uh, I'm building a, a beautiful school in India right now with uh, mm-hmm. with a great Krishna leader. His name is Rupa. And uh, Rupa and I have become great friends over the last you know, multiple years. And uh, my wife and I were just celebrating a 10-year anniversary uh, in Greece. And Rupa came to our anniversary. And uh, and he and I spent a lot of time just walking together, right? Like literally he's this great Krishna guy. And he's, he's a great leader. Of, he's humble. And he's just as, as humble as the world goes. And, and I was walking with him. And I said, Rupa, you know, I wake up in the morning and I literally am run by a thousand forms of fear. My brain starts before I do, right? I, I, I've even named my brain, right? I, the voice in my brain, I call him Fred. <laughs> Fred gets up before I do. And he gets up, what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that guy? That guy over there, that's over there, right? And, and it's literally just fear that keeps up. And, you know, and, and Rupa says to me, which is just the most kind, friendly voice. He's like, Anthony, you've lived a billion lives, right? That voice has kept you alive. If you mm-hmm. didn't, you would not be here. You would have been eaten by the dinosaurs, right? That's the voice that's kept you from getting it. That's the voice that keeps you alive, right? It's natural, now, sometimes that voice outgrows itself. It's like a weed who grows out of control in a garden. Mm-hmm. You just got to start looking at where is that coming from? Now, sometimes we check out, right? We, we, I, I use fear or frustration as a, just like it's an emotional drug, right? Mm-hmm. Anger, fear, and frustration for me can be just as bad as drinking booze all day, mm-hmm. right? If I can sit there and get drunk, you know, and I, like I don't want to feel anymore, right? I, in my old days, I used to... I would hit the easy button and go drink, right? Oh, I, I don't have to feel anymore, right? But that that didn't serve me very well. Well, same thing happens with fear and anger, right? Mm-hmm. Today, fear and anger check me out, 
mm-hmm. right? Because when I stop, when I, when I get when I get afraid, I stand in, I don't know what to do, right? The truth is, I if I just slow down, get conscious of what's going on, just take a deep breath and just know it's okay to be uncomfortable. Like life mm-hmm. is, it's okay to be uncomfortable. It, no one ever told me I had to not have, uh, I had to be unco- not be uncomfortable all the time, right? I don't have to be afraid of it. As a leader, as I grow a company and things that I, I won't know everything right away, but if I stay conscious, stay yeah. in the moment, stay present, that that fear is actually healthy, mm-hmm. right? It's okay to be in fear. And, and now how can, you know, at the end of the day, when I don't check out, I stay conscious, as a leader, I can I can access the billions and billions of ideas that are present, right? As I get rid of that bag of that big bag of shame and guilt and fear, and I can get more conscious, I can bring solutions to a problem where one didn't exist, mm-hmm. right? I can I can I can pick from the billions of ideas that are on the planet. Oftentimes, when I'm in fear, it closes that window, right? When I'm when I, when I try to deal things from a fear state, I don't have access to the to clarity of vision. I don't have access to new ideas. It shuts down and chokes down that whole ability to be creative. Yeah. As a leader, I want access to that. So if I can work on those places where I, I just stand in fear or shame or resentment, those are ultimately the access that I need to have clarity of vision. Mm-hmm. Taking that step back and pausing is so very important, Anthony. I love that really important. Now, you know, one of the things that I spent a lot of time on um, has to do with adding more humanity to business. So do you have any tips or suggestions for people out there now who are leading a, a team, a company, their families, something in the community that they can do to add a little bit more humanity? You know, Heather, just imagine back. So just think back to your your grandfather. Mm. Can you imagine what your grandfather did? Yeah. Did you know what, what did your grandfather do, Heather? Uh, well, when he first came over from Germany, he had a deli in Jersey City. All right. So let's let's, let's go back from your grandfather to his grandfather. Mm. Can you think? Can you think back that far? Do you know any knowledge of his grandfather? I don't have a lot of information about that. Let's imagine that there was some sort of shop back where he mm-hmm. was and they were a shopkeeper back then. Mm-hmm. And if we were to hand him, you know, here, if I just handed that, that great, great grandfather, this cell phone. So mm-hmm. here's, here's a cell phone. Here's my cell phone. Take this cell phone and go. It would be black magic to them. Yeah. Right. It would be overwhelming. Mean, they would literally, they would, at the time that would have been the, that would have been the stuff that gods do, right? Mm-hmm. You could talk to this little box and they could talk to anybody on the planet. That would be what the gods do, right? I could, I can pull up information from all knowledge of the universe. That's what gods would do. Gods would give you answers. And now Google gives me or Siri gives me Hey Siri, you know, uh, well, you know, I could ask Siri for questions all day long, yeah. right? That would have been what the gods do back then. Just in the time from that time to now, the world has gotten so abundant. We are in a time today, it's never been better. The universe has never been better than it is today. The amount of stuff that we have access to and the information and the abundance of life is overwhelming us. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that we look at people and we expect them not to be overwhelmed. And you're like, wow, look, just a couple of generations ago, Life was a lot slower. I mean, when the Industrial Revolution came by, it was the first time we went from being tribal, where you and I maybe walked with a with a tribe together, and you had elders and people guided you, to today, our our elders are they, they feel outdated, 
right? I mean, they don't know the computers. They're not keeping up. Mm-hmm. They're walking around days. They're walking around like, what's my significance, right? At the time, their great-grandfather, you would go to, hey, grandpa, how do I do this? And if I, if my grandfather, my taught me how to hunt or how to, how to cook or how to, how to skin something. There was guidance. Today, I get guidance from Facebook. I get likes. I get mm-hmm. uh, video games, right? Uh, video games where I get uh, interactions with, uh, um, you know, you know, with, with um, uh, interactions with with games where I, I, I grow a level, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, great, you grew a level. You, you know, great. That that's my feedback loop. So yeah. today, have grace for the people that work for us and people that we work with, knowing that life is overwhelming. That all of us are drinking off this fire hose of change that's happening so fast that it's a little overwhelming. And if we could just have a little bit of grace for each other and know that, look, no one out there is being malevolent. I mean, there might be some malevolent folks, but rarely have I ever met. In fact, I've never really met malevolent people. People are out there really out to get, to get people. I, I hear them on TV or something, but the truth is every man I've ever met, is trying to make his his family a little bit better. Every woman I've ever met is trying to make their family a little bit better. They're working hard to bring more to them and their family, and their community. Now, some of that may come off different, but you know, sometimes when I'm fearful, right? I've I've been places where I'm afraid I'm going to be broke or take something or, or I'm going to lose something or I'm going to lose some value, and then I might start acting a little scared. And in that scared behavior, mm-hmm. it becomes what looks mean or, or malevolent or or, yeah. or something, but I'm ultimately afraid I'm going to lose something, right? But when I have grace for people as I go through that, all right, what's going on? All right, Anthony, what's happening inside? Sometimes I have I look at myself and go, the little Anthony inside of me, right? That little boy inside of me who's afraid, you know, he's outgrown himself or, or maybe the world's going too fast or maybe I'm, I'm not sure what I'm doing or, you know, that imposter syndrome that every leader goes through. Yeah. Every one of us, every leader you've ever met, every podcaster we've ever been with, every actor you've ever met, there's an imposter syndrome inside of us, right? This feeling that maybe they're going to find out I'm a fraud. Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. And that, you know, sometimes I just have a little bit of grace for myself and others as we go through that and just notice, oh, isn't that kind of cute, right? Oh, you got afraid. It's yeah, okay. you can shift it and give that grace. I love that phrase, giving grace to ourselves and to others. That's wonderful. I'd love for you to take a moment, and because the time is flying by, to share about Future Factory and anything else, a, a way that maybe people can reach you and if they want to learn more. Sure. Well, the, the podcast that I that, uh, have, is, it's called Future Factory. And we have all kinds of amazing leaders in the world. And, uh, you know, we talk for everything from artificial intelligence and machine learning to, mm-hmm. to the world's fastest readers to, mm-hmm. to uh, architects from some of the biggest projects in the world. Uh, we've got, uh, I just had uh, the, uh, India's largest architectural, leader of the largest architectural firm in India, uh, runs, you know, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of, of, of jobs, uh, some of the biggest projects in the world. Uh, we just had folks from the Dubai Expo, Expo Mm-hmm. on uh, uh, really looking at where the future of uh, building designs going, uh, really looking at the future, uh, great leaders who uh, really help guide how the, how the human is going to interact with artificial intelligence, right? Noticing right. that uh, the stuff that we're doing. So future factory is uh, the podcast. Uh, you can always reach me at LinkedIn at Anthony Amunategui on LinkedIn. So it's A M U N A T E G U I on LinkedIn, or you can catch me at Anthony at, cdogroup.com as my 
uh, email address. And, and, and yeah, we'll are- put those links for everyone. So in case you're out there and you're driving while you're listening to this, um, we'll make it nice and easy for you to be able to find Anthony and his podcast and information by just clicking on a link when you get back to the show notes. Thank you so much. Okay. So what is, it's the time. What are your, what are your final parting words of wisdom for us today, Anthony? You know, I think as we start to look forward in the world, just knowing that, you know, all we do to grow ideas is expand and organize. But if we have just a little bit of grace, knowing that we're on the world at the most abundant time it's ever seen, that what we have in front of us is really a gift, that the world is happening for us, not to us, right? Not to us. It's happening for us. All these changes that we're going through sometimes feel uncomfortable. But the truth is they're all happening for us, that the future of this world promises to be really dynamic. And what we're, we're coming into the, with the metaverse and all of the new technology technologies in health, and as a human being changes, they, were, they all feel a little scary, right? Because we're not sure how to interact with them. And we can check ourselves out in fear. But if we find ways to look at them in a different way, that maybe, just maybe, just maybe these are happening as gifts for us. Uh, that might give bring a little bit more joy to what we're up to. I love it. Thank you so much, Anthony. And those of you who are listening, if you love the show as well, be sure to share it with a friend. That's the, That's a great gift that you can give out into the world. Thank you all and have a beautiful day. 